Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and Matt Barris. Well, Matt. Wait, we we need to do that again. Okay. Okay, on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Well, Matt. Okay, if you <laughs> if you heard that chorus, we are actually this is our one of two podcasts we are yes. recording um, with some of our podcast family in the room with yes, us. Yes, it's so exciting. It's been really fun. So tonight we've ha- we had we met at Leanne's Mercantile. We have about 27 people that came yeah, out because yeah. Leanne oversold tickets, yes. as one does. Yep. Um, <laughs> I can't say no. And we had charcuterie board. Mallory Not charcuterie. It's charcuterie. Meat and cheese yeah. board. <laughs> Are we officially, is this the new meat and cheese era? We, yes. we should boycott charcuterie. Charcuterie. We're, just just, bring, we're just making it simple. Cheese. It's meat, cheese, and I crackers. I think Daryl would support that. Daryl like, has make never plain. uttered the word charcuterie in his <laughs> life. But I will. I do want to say my well, Matt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Matt, you are mm-hmm. officially, y'all don't, y'all don't know this yet, he's officially a Disney travel agent. That's right. Disney, if you <laughs> are, are listening. listening. <laughs> um, my yes. wife and I went yes. through the classes. We did yes. the whole thing, and we, we will plan a Disney trip for yes. you. And we were talking before. Not for before. me, for you. <laughs> we were talking before. It is harder than it used to be. You know, when I was a kid, you could buy a ticket, go wait in line. Not like that mm-hmm. anymore. You have to have reservations. See, I all feel. The I feel like if I would have known you and you would have been my Disney travel agent, the experience could have been different for me. Like probably. Well, like we didn't know where to go. We didn't know. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to eat. It was hot. Everybody was sweaty. Listen, I've showed you pictures of food from Disney, and you're like, oh, I could. I could do that. Oh, I could get on board. There's good stuff. That There's little good stuff French there. pastry place. I know, right? So we are in the room with some of our podcast family, and it's been such a fun night already. We've put names to faces of people yes. we've talked to on Instagram. Yes. People are drinking frothy coffee. Yes. People are getting mugs. Mug man. We, <laughs> we, we are going to do some giveaways yes. um, soon. Yes. And we've just, we've, it's been really great. It's and so great. this is episode one of two that we are recording in the room with people. So if it sounds different to you or if you hear people in the background, mm-hmm. that's why they're that's here. Why. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to tell <laughs> we we need to tell our good days. Yeah. What is your good day? Well, you go first because I forgot mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a here little was, nervous. Why that's are really because there's nervous. people staring at us. Yeah. We're usually just yeah. surrounded by yeah. my books and yeah, Disney nervous. memorabilia. <laughs> um, we recently, the, actually this week, had a friend come in town, Destry. So Destry mm-hmm. is one of like Mallory, you know, our friend Kat that we talk about. She's a character and on our Emily. podcast and, and Emily. Mm-hmm. Those are all my wife's like college mm-hmm. age girlfriends. Yeah. They met in like post grad school yes. kind of thing. And so our friend Destry was in town from Colorado. And I don't know if I told you this, but her and her husband, um, she's a clinical counselor. Her and her husband are leading some like retreats where they do intensive therapy with people. And so they're kind of taking that over from his dad. Slowly, they're kind of going to start taking it over. Uh, but anyway, it was one of those nights where she came on a Tuesday night. She had one night free while she was in town. And um, she just loved on our kids. We sat around and talked till the yes, kids went to bed so and just caught up. She, You know what's fun about her, too, is she has... Uh, two of her kids have both are both gone, so her second one's out. So we were listening to Addie, who's in New York City, and her other daughter, um, Grace, who is in Phoenix, Arizona. So we were just talking about what's life like in that season. And I don't know what it says about you and I that we have so many friends that are clinical counselors. <laughs> you know, a lot of them. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. We have 
a lot. Well, Mallory, when we got married and we looked at all the women that were in our wedding, my well, my side was all pastors and your children. Like yeah, your two boys yeah, were in my yeah, wedding. Yeah. Mallory's side was all clinical counselors. There were like four clinical counselors yeah. and two teachers, education majors. So it was like, I don't know. Yeah. We have all, a type. All your needs are met. Yeah, we have a type. <laughs> Spiritually, mentally, well, okay. our friend group will take care of you. I remember my good day. Don't okay, you? good. Okay. <laughs> my good day is I, Daryl recently was in Colorado hunting elk. Why? I, I have no idea. I'm like, honey, go have a wonderful time. Go for two weeks. Just never ask me to go. He was hiking lots of lots of miles, lots of hours, lots of things go on. When yeah. You, when you get an elk up in the mountains, there's lots does of things he like, to do afterwards. Do you do it the same as a deer? Like, does he field dress it oh, and drag all it? That, and, all okay. that. Not just drag. They like pack it out. Like, I, I, I don't know. Barbaric. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so he was gone and, um, you know, I'm friends with Carlos and Heather Whitaker and Heather messaged me and she's like, why don't you just get on a plane and just come here for a few days and let's just hang out and have fun. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to come, I'm going to get a facial. Uh, As one does. And let me just say, I'm 55. We know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm 55 and, and the hair that is like, I don't know where you're going with this. I feel like, I feel like we all need to at some point talk about heat and hair at when you get in your fifties. Like there's, there's like the ones coming out of your chin and hair. Your nose. They did this thing called derma planing on my face. You know, you've got hair happening on your face when you can hear the blade. Like when Hmm. I'm like, there, there was, there was friction there. Oh my. So I looked, I looked in the mirror, like I have a magnifying mirror. Why I do this to myself, I have no idea, but I have a magnifying mirror where I put my makeup on. I looked in today and I was like, wow, would you look at her? Because, <laughs> uh, because all the hair, it was, everything was smooth. That's hilarious. So that's my good day. I've got a smooth face. Did you, <laughs> you didn't know what was going on down there? Uh, on my face up here? Yeah. You know yeah. You didn't know that there was hair well, there? Down, down there as far as. <laughs> I don't want to know. Listen, I don't want to no, know. Listen, listen. Oh, why did listen, your mic I go don't out? know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why did go. Why did what happened to my sound? Okay, keep going. Okay, we're still so, recording. So, I don't grow hair on my legs anymore. I don't know what happened. So today I'm in the shower. I and I did the I did the kind of shower today because I knew I was coming here. That that it was like it was like a construction shower. It was like okay, we're gonna what? we're gonna in shave the, the things that haven't been shaved forever. Like and and, uh, <laughs> and so, I was not prepared so, for so, this. So, so, so I I I thought I'm gonna a shave construction. my I'm gonna shave my legs because it's been a while. And so I'm shaving. Does my it legs. take power tools? Di- <laughs> I'm shaving my legs and I can't find any hair on my legs. Oh. Are you with me? Uh, yeah. See how there's the head shaking. Yes. I, this so, is, so, this is all new information. So for heat me. and hair are two topics that once you pass 50, <laughs> they could become a thing. But I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to do a courtesy shave. So I shave. For who? I mean, I'm doing a courtesy shave on my legs. Cause I'm like, I've got the shaving cream on. <laughs> I might as well just, shave <laughs> but but i i don't know what's happening I, i'm not growing hair on my legs anymore oh. i mean i'm not a complaining i'm just saying it's, it's oh a thing my gosh. anyway that was my good day. i was not prepared i got, for I got my face <laughs> did you do like some some spackle work on the top uh, well they they just did all kinds of tools okay. like she just 
church did things and lights and yeah i've never done know, that and and it was it was an hour it was like over an hour long okay. so i mean i'm pretty much i'm you know i'm pretty much i don't know who who can we name that's like got a gorgeous face i'm pretty much jennifer aniston at this point yeah yeah so she yeah. did you i mean people that are friends with me on instagram she tried to talk to me this she week. did matt, she tried to <laughs> message you matt yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, if you are listening, if you are the listening. real one, the real one. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston tried like a hacker. Three people followed this Jennifer Aniston, and they were like, "They were like, hello, dear. What are you doing, dear? You're, you're like, no. You and then are. they wanted a picture of my my face or something, yeah, and so I like, sent them my mug. Yeah, and you're like, and I was yeah. like, buy a mug. Yeah, you were like, do you want to buy a mug, Jennifer? And she's no. like, no. And then you're like, but why don't you want to buy a mug, Jennifer? Like you were totally. I know you were some you were, poor person in like it. some third world country that's trying to hack me. Sorry. Oh, they could have been down your street, Matthew. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, hey, this is we are headed into the Thanksgiving season. Yes. And you know we we talk a lot about around Thanksgiving. You know, I taught in elementary school, so there's always like the thankfulness like, what and what a turkey right. and like. Yeah. You know, I never you did. You don't need to say it like that. I know. <laughs> well, you know, you make the turkey craft yes, and you write yes, on the feather yes. and all that stuff. Thankful for my mom. Thankful for yeah. Me. And so as we were thinking about thankfulness, you know, we've talked about our our stories. And there are some really hard things um, that we have been through mm -hmm. that I don't want to do them again by mm -hmm. any oh. means. I don't no. want to walk through them again. No. But I can say on the other side, there are parts of it that I am thankful for. Right. Um, there are parts of it that I'm like, oh, I am, I am glad that I, that I went through that. Um, because I think it's made me a better person. I think it's given me perspective that I don't have otherwise. Right. I think it helps me, um, empathize with other people right. and maybe a right. new and a different way. Right. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, being thankful even for the hard, right. Being thankful even for the hard. Cause right. I think sometimes, um, it's easy to just write that off or to just move past it or once we're on the other side. But I think when we take time to pull the lesson out of the hard things in our lives, mm -hmm. it's easier to be thankful for it. Again, we don't want to live right. through it again. And I think the tendency also is to hide it. Totally. You know, I, I don't, well, it's hard for me. I mean, my goodness, I talked about hard things the, before we started recording and I was crying. You know, it's hard <laughs> It's hard to expose yourself in that way. Right. It's, it's very vulnerable. Right. It's um, you're, you're exposing something that feels very, for lack of a better word, it can feel weak. You know, yeah. you can feel weak in it. And so, but what I've found, Matt, and you know, I'm 55. So, but what I've, but I, what I really feel like <laughs> is, you know, not everybody pulls something good for something hard. I mean, we all know plenty of people that Absolutely. have become old, bitter, angry people. Absolutely. So I do think that we can go through something very difficult and very hard. And, and instead of allowing it to cultivate empathy and compassion and tenderness, it can make us mad and angry and bitter and resentful. Um, and I understand, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, I think if I wouldn't have went to therapy, that, that could have been part of my Did story. Did you ever have moments where you were sad and angry and bitter? Like I should say not sad, but bitter and or mad. Yes. Yeah. I actually, um, my counselor said to me once and I thought it was, well, I still think about it. I said it the other day, you know, 
sometimes people talk about forgiveness like it's a one and done thing. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can pray a prayer or you can think forgiveness or I forgive that person and, and, and you can just move right along like it never happened. She said, I think with you, you're going to have to keep up. You're going to have to keep picking up forgiveness. Yeah. You And there might be days that you have to do it over and over. Yeah. And I just had a moment recently, you know, I, um, actually Carlos and Heather's, we were talking about it because around the holidays, people ask you like, are you spending time with your family? Right. You know? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And then it's like, well, why? You know, I Mm -hmm. mean, and I said, you know, I think, I think that it's just hard. It's, It's just hard. It's hard to, um, it's hard to grapple with the fact that, you know, I'm, I don't get together with my Mm -hmm. family and I'm not, and I'm, I truly have forgiveness in my heart, but sometimes I am, I am mad about that or I am upset about that. It shouldn't be the way it is. And I think it's hard because you, you don't, even though it is what it is and you made choices that need to be what they are, it's not what it should be. It's not the desire of your heart to have boundaries with people that are that like I, that, that. And you, that I love. Yeah, you want them to be around your table. Yeah, well, some of them I don't, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, and I also think that, that it's the letting go of holding a couple people responsible. Right. Because I do. I hold a couple people responsible for the division and for the hardship and the trouble in my family. I, and... There's one, there's a difference between holding those people responsible and holding them captive. Absolutely. Because I think if I held them captive, that's where the resentment would grow. Mm-hmm. I really have more just sadness. Like I feel really bad that it is the way it is and yeah. I wish it was different, but it is not going to keep me from keeping the boundary in place. Right. So how do you think you got to a place where you can be thankful for the hard? Like, what did that journey look like for you? I can tell you mine. Well, you think, because you have a really big expression on your face. I think for me, when when I think about the hard in my life that I've experienced, um, and mine, honestly, it it has to do with the death of my dad. When my dad passed away and when we walked through some really hard times as a family, um, I went through, like, sadness. I remember... Uh, my dad's job was he inspected commercial buildings for a living his whole career. And about a year after my dad died, I remember us, um, we bought our house and, you know, you have to get your house inspected and all that stuff. And I remember thinking like, why isn't my dad still here to help me with this? No other 30 year old has to do this without their dad, their dad. Now I know that's not true, but that's how I felt in the moment. And then the other time I really remember being sad about it was, um, when I couldn't get my lawnmower started for the first time at my house, I was in the backyard, the lawnmower died. I was trying to like figure it out. And I know this is shocking, but I'm not a very mechanical guy. Um, (laughs) and I remember sitting, like I was just so frustrated and I just remember sitting down in the grass next to my um lawnmower and crying and being like I can't call my dad my dad's Mm -hmm. gone um everybody else can call their dads again that's not accurate but that's how it felt at the time um and listen God has put wonderful people in my life my Mm -hmm. Mm father-in-law is such a beautiful Mm -hmm. example your husband Mm -hmm. oh my gosh we could do a podcast about times where I've called your husband to help me with stuff Mm -hmm. like that but you know, as you go through that grief, I think it's real. Those are the sad times, but then it's almost like 
God has brought people in my life where I've been able to share my story and walk through what I went through in a way that was different, but I knew what they were going through. And I think that's for me where it felt like it was redeeming. I don't want to do it again. I can say now that I'm thankful for it because I see the peace that it fits with other people in my life Mm -hmm. and the people around me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What about you? Well, for me, I, I still feel like I, I still feel like I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, I still feel like it's part of my life um, because a lot of my family is not a part of my life. Right. So it, it, it kind of stares at me in the face mm. sometimes. So they're still living. Right. So right, there's still that loss right, there. There's right, not a finality right, to it. Right. Yeah. Like my, um, one of my best friends, um, Amy Slayball passed away this last March and I, have cried more over her death than my dad's. Yeah. I mean, I didn't cry when my dad died. I feel like I had done the grieving before he died. And I, and so I feel like I still process a lot of it. I feel like I want to stay in a posture of, um, I just want to stay in a posture that I don't get mean and bitter. Yeah. You know, I want to stay in a posture where I can process somebody else's story and hear somebody else's story. Um, and, um, was it Shannon? Um, you know, and hear somebody else's story of their family and be like, yeah, I can, I can relate to some of this. I can yeah. relate to the way this feels. And yeah. so I think, I think a commonality in both of what we've shared is that it takes people, right? I mean, it takes people, it takes right. people walking alongside you. It takes people Absolutely. in your life. I took a th- wonderful therapist. Like I had a great counselor that like, like fourth session, she looks at me at the end of the counseling session and is like, you do know that this is not normal, right? Like <laughs> this is not, helpful the, you know, not. You, you do know that this is not the uh, healthy family dynamics. Yeah, and honestly, right. it's the first time anybody had said anything like that to me. And I was like, no and you know and and really so a counselor really and that's probably why we talk about counseling so much is because it was pivotal in my life it changed my life okay so so here's what i think i think we can be thankful (laughs) for the heart in our life when we know how to use it yeah so i think and and navigate and process absolutely so i think that's a commonality too is when we know that it can be useful or helpful then I think it becomes a, a tool of gratefulness. Yeah, so, right. so here's what I think. It's I was, true. you know, I love a little research and a little reading. Uh, uh, no, you do. So I went to um, one of your friends and mine, Brene Brown, this week and was reading about how, how do we use our hurt and how do we use it for good? And what does that look yeah, like? That's good. And I kept coming back to the word empathy because I think empathy is really um in light of our circumstances, you know, everybody in this room has been through something. We're going to share some stories from people that are in the room with right. us right now. I think when we go through the hard things in our life, it develops and cultivates our empathy where we're like, oh, I can relate to that yeah. and I can see yeah. that. However, I also want to say that I'll, and I'll share this is we don't have to go through the same thing as someone to exercise empathy. It's so true. So this is interesting. Brene Brown tells us um, in her book, Atlas of the Heart, which I would highly suggest to everyone, is that there are two kinds of empathy that we can have. The first one is cognitive empathy, which 
often people call that perspective taking, like walking in someone else's shoes, um, seeing things from their perspective. And then she also talks about effective empathy, which is when we have a shared experience together of, oh, I've been through the same thing. Now, here's what's interesting is both of those types of empathy, she would assert, can be really, really effective. But what's mo- what's the most effective out of those from her perspective is actually cognitive empathy, where we're able to go into other people's perspective. Because here's the thing. If we are not onto the, on the path of healing or we're not careful, sometimes our effective empathy where it's like, oh, you know, we both have boundaries with with family members we, right. where we don't see them. Right. Sometimes we can lay in the mud and the yuck together. Yeah. So oh, I think yeah. that's where this, that's where it's kind of like, you also have to have boundaries because I think sometimes if we have a shared experience that I'm like, Oh, I totally understand. Sometimes it, it, we're not helping each other. Right. It actually pulls, pulls us down. Yeah. And I love that's what good. she says about this too. She says, we need to dispel the myth that empathy is walking in someone else's shoes. Rather than walking in your shoes, I need to learn how to listen to your story, the story you tell about what it's like in your shoes, Mm. and then believe your story Mm -hmm. when it doesn't match my experiences. I think that is so this we're not going in we're not going on this rabbit trail. Okay. But I think if we as a united human race right now said Tell me what your story's like, and I believe what you're saying about your story, right. even when it doesn't match what right. I've experienced right. or what yeah, I know. That is the path to healing and the path mm-hmm. to help. When I say, hey, I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes, yeah. but I believe that that's what you've been in. Yeah. And yeah, so I think yeah. sometimes when we, use, when we use our story, when we practice empathy, I think that's where the hard parts in our yeah, life can really become useful. Yeah. For sure. I like it, Matt. I like it. It also brought to mind um, another thing that I love. You know, our dear friend Molly, um, she has these retreats that we both actually went and spoke at, which was pretty cool. And Molly talks about using your story uh, for good and what that looks like. And and when I go there, this is something I often refer to. Um, I, I honestly, I do the same talk every time I go and it's about the art of Kintsugi. Are you, do you remember this? Yes. Cause you've heard this before. Yeah. I have your, I have your sticker on my water Oh bottle. yeah, you do. You have it right yeah, here. It's a heart. Um, has anybody heard of Kintsugi before the Japanese? No. Okay. Well, I, I, good. Cause I'm going to tell you. Okay. So in Japan, they have a very high value for things. They take care of their things. They're very good stewards of their things. They don't have a very disposable culture. Um, And so hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, when they would break something like pottery. Hundreds of thousands of years ago? I mean, you know, there are people with different religious backgrounds that might question the timeline. But what I'm trying to say is a long time time ago. ago. Like if you're a seven day creation or of, I don't know. Okay. I went to Bible college, but I didn't get wrapped up in that stuff. Um, So anyway. A very long time ago in Japan, when they would break something like a, a plate or a glass or a dish, instead of just discarding it, what they would do is they would actually piece it back together and they would use gold to fill in the cracks. And for whatever reason, that was that was pretty common back then. Right. Fast forward to now, to now yeah. as ar- archaeologists, archaeologists, is that right? I don't yeah. know. Archaeologists, His, people that, historians yes. have found artifacts of this. Obviously, they're worth 
more. Lots you know, uh, of money. This this is a, these are good day mugs that I'm holding. This is worth twelve dollars. Yeah. But if this were covered in gold cracks, it would be worth way more than that. Yeah. And so really what that story tells us is that our brokenness, when it's pieced together in the right way, can actually become a really beautiful part mm -hmm. of our story. You know, mm -hmm. as we put, I remember when my dad died, I remember the night that I was, I was actually, Mallory and I slept in Teddy's bed mm -hmm. in your house. Yep. And I remember I could not fall asleep that night and the moon, it was a full moon. I'll never forget it. I was laying in Teddy's bed and the moon was shining on my face. And I thought, my life will never be the same. Mm. My life will never be the same. I'm going to walk through milestones. We had one kid at the time. I knew we would probably try to have more. Now we have three. I knew I would bring a child into the world with my wife that my dad would never know. I knew I would move houses. My dad would never know where I lived. Mm -hmm. And I thought my life will never be the same. And it hasn't been. Mm. It's never been the same as when he would have been here. But I can say with confidence that my life, even though it's different, even though it's broken, my life is still so beautiful mm -hmm. and I wouldn't mm -hmm. change it for anything mm -hmm. else. No, that's good. And so I think as I mean, we, we could wrap it up right here. <laughs> I think as we learn to leverage our stories mm -hmm. and as we learn to empathize with others and to connect to them, I think that's where the we can be thankful for what we've walked yeah, through and we can be so thankful good. for all those things. So true. And not be afraid to share. <clears throat> Absolutely. So on that note, there are some stories um, that we wanted to share with some friends. Um, yes. So when we, when we sent our confirmation email out, when yeah. people bought tickets oh, to yeah. this event, we asked for people to share parts of their stories that were hard that they're, that they now feel thankful for. Yeah. And so you're going to read the first two because you're a better reader. And <laughs> I'm gonna read one. Um, are we going to say first names? Are we not just going to, let's, do you want us, do we want to say names? Do you, you want us you to say, just names? say the first name? How about just first name? Yeah. First name. This is from Michelle. I am so thankful that I did not walk away from my marriage. Years ago, my husband and I were going through some really ugly times. I don't think either of us truly liked each other at the time, and it would have been really easy to just walk away. Fortunately, we did not, because now we are incredibly happy and frequently talk about all the things we would have missed out on had we thrown in the towel. We also both realize that if we don't continue to communicate and work at it, we could very easily end up there again. So. I, I love that. Good. And here's the, my next one. This is from Becky. It has taken a lot of years and a lot of soul work, but I've come to a point where I'm thankful that I never got the apology I deserved. And she puts that in quotes. Like, I thought I deserve this, but I'm actually good that I don't have it. I, like many others, have childhood trauma, and I lived a victim to it for many years. I wasn't believed when I said something, and no one ever apologized for the situation I was put in. For many years, I was cold, distant, and harsh because I kept my feelings protected and kept the I'll just take care of myself outer shell. After years of finding the right healing journey for me, I am truly thankful that I've navigated the trauma, processed it, found my strength to heal it. I will never forget it, but my heart is healed. This has opened me up to finding my husband who never makes me take care of things alone, never in bold. I often catch myself with the, how did I get so lucky thought? Not getting the apology has driven me to the knowledge and certifications that I can use to help others that have similar stories to mine. I am completing my Reiki 3 mentorship starting in the new year and hope to be part of retreats and indiv individual treatments for others. 
Yeah, there it is, it. turning it around. Okay, this one's for, from Shannon. Okay, on being thankful, I was 38 years old before I met my biological father. Long story short, DNA testing was involved, and I have a lot of wounds from the past. When I was growing up, and really up until I met him, I spent a lot of, a a lot of time imagining what life I was missing out on. I imagined a life where I was adored by my parents, had siblings who loved me, a nice house, and, a, and, and all the fairy tale things that go along with it. I was resentful that they were living their best lives without me, and I was angry because I was sure they, were, they knew that I was suffering. Fast forward to me now being 53, not 55 like Leanne. <laughs> she, really, <laughs> she really wrote she that. She wrote that. <laughs> Fast forward to now being 53, and I have a relationship with my dad, not a fairy tale one. I have a grandmother who loves me. I have aunts, uncles, cousins, and two sisters who never knew I existed. We are close now, but not the kind of close relationship you have if you grew up with one another. Well, so much for a long story short. Trust me, the whole story is podcast worthy. What I am thankful for now is that in all my years, I built a family out of close friends that filled the gaps of my biological family. Mm, I love that. I am so blessed to have amazing friends who have become my chosen family. And though ideally I would have always known all of, all of this family, wait, and though ideally I would have always known all of this family, things that happened to me in my life that wouldn't have happened if the circumstances were different. I am thankful for where my life ended up. Thanks for listening to my story, Shannon. That's awesome. So good. There were other people in the yes. room that shared their stories too. So we, we couldn't read all of them, but thank you to people that shared, shared your story with us. And here's my parting shot for this is your story. You know, these, the three people that we've talked, we read their stories, us, when we've talked about right. it, your story has the potential to be like a piece of Kintsugi pottery. That yes. is a beautiful part of your story that can be useful in the future. And you know what? Maybe it's not right now. Right. Listen, there are times where it's so raw or so hard. You, it, there's no way it's useful. But I know from doing the work myself and um, learning how to communicate uh, what I've learned, learning how to communicate my story to people. And finding safe places mm, to absolutely. share how you're feeling and what yeah. you're going through, whether that's clinical counseling or whether that's a really good friend. Yeah. Um, you know, those spaces are important as you navigate healing. Absolutely. So, you know, here's here's my parting shot is the, no, oh, no, you're no, taking like, over. No, no, this is like your second parting shot. Okay, now, well, because you interrupted oh, me. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what I have to say is your story can be useful. Yes. The hard things that you've been mm -hmm. through. My hope is that someday you can say I'm thankful for that because it has been useful mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah, that's good. Maybe it's not today. Maybe it's not in the near future, but my hope is that someday in the future it can be. Mm -hmm. um, before we leave, we do need to talk about our friends who helped us put this night together. Yes. Um, Walnut Creek Cheese. Walnut Creek Cheese. Walnut, so Walnut Creek Foods. Walnut, Walnut Creek, Creek Foods. Cheese. Walnut, Walnut Creek Cheese. Okay, listen. Walnut Creek Foods is like the grandfather okay. of Walnut Creek Cheese. So we've got Walnut Creek Foods, who is the brand that right. has like the jams, the jellies, the canned goods, the baked goods. They like make the, it all, all. All the stuff. Yeah. Walnut Creek Cheese and Market is the store where sorry. you can go buy it. No, it's okay. Are you I'm chastising no. me? 
Here's the problem: just, is it's the retail just, store that you ex- go to. I, I, it is, but I'm just explaining because okay. you can find Walnut Creek Foods in where's Tina in Cincinnati. Yeah, you can find Walnut Creek Foods in Columbus. Right. You can you can find them everywhere. But you know, Walnut we Creek go to Walnut Creek Cheese and Marketplace. Well, yes, I yes, yes, technically yes. buy yes. them from Marks and Worcester. Because they're there. Yeah, yeah. So, Walnut Creek Foods. But anyway, what they did for us tonight was they provided meat and cheese, a beautiful meat and cheese tray, or as the kids call it, a charcuterie board. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're thankful for that. You know, we have a house full of people here with us, and so we're so thankful. Can you guys ring your bells one more time? All right. Hey, it is fun. Whether ordinary or extraordinary, we hope you see that these are good days. Yes. You loved that, didn't you? This episode brought to you by Water Creek Foods.